opportunity to speak with Morgan over Zoom video. Morgan was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. He talked about how he got into music at nine years old is when he started voice lessons and he started playing piano around that same age as well. His first job was at Tootsie's. If you're not familiar with Nashville and Tootsie's, it is, as he says, not a strip club. Uh, it's one of the most iconic bars in, in Nashville on Broadway. He was a bartender there, and that also gave him the opportunity to go from the bar to the stage to sing with the band and come back and, and forth. Tootsie's has three levels, uh, three bands going on at all times. It's quite the place to <laughs> start a job and, and then really start a career in music. He talked about going to Chicago for college. He went for musical theater, ended up getting a job on Broadway. He talked to us about moving to Los Angeles, the success of his song Home, where he was when quarantine happened, how that affected the song Wonder, which picked up some viral success on TikTok. It's a collaboration with Sarah Bareilles. He talks about that, and he's actually talking to us from the room and the microphone that he recorded the vocals for that song on, which is, which is pretty cool. And he tells us all about his new project, Meridian Volume 1 and Volume 2. You can watch our interview with Morgan on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be rad if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Morgan. This is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about the new record you have coming out. Wow. Where do we begin? <laughs> Let's start off with born and raised. Uh, born and raised in the place that I'm now living, which is Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, wow. That's where I'm at, too. We should have just done this in person. Oh, crazy. <laughs> I'm south by Franklin. Okay. I'm, I'm in Nashville. My first, uh, so you'll know all of these things. My first okay. job was at Tootsie's which is really strip club. It is obviously, you know what it is. It's a famous bar downtown. And my mother's picture is above the bar because our family knows Steve Smith very well. And he was gracious enough to give me a job as a bartender there. Um, which is funny because I think I was the only male bartender for sure. Uh, <laughs> but also I would like bartend and then like get up with the band and sing. And I don't know, it was like, it was just a, a really interesting way to experience Nashville. Sure, wow, what an incredible job. Yeah, I don't think that I realized it until later that like, first of all, when a crowd looks at you and is like, what is this like, you know, I don't know what they were judging me as back <laughs> then, but whatever, it's like, I'm not the normal, vibe i guess but i would get up and i would like sing down with the band and the place would go wild and um i feel like that's a pretty good pretty good test of like if you can go into a crowd where they're like this is gonna be nothing and uh -huh. then you sing down then all of a sudden they have a little bit more respect for you that is rad what a rad job again uh so born and raised in nashville what was it like growing up here i mean that's I grew up in San Diego and I moved here as a transplant. I know a lot of people are transplants to Southern California, so I can't imagine growing up here yeah. <laughs> immersed in this. I feel like the, the toughest part 
was just trying to find a place to land. You know what I mean? It was like, um, I, I started taking voice lessons when I was nine with a teacher here. And fun fact, uh, Chris Young had the voice lesson right before mine. And it's just funny because obviously Chris Young has become a superstar, but to me, he was a superstar because I was younger and would always show up to my lessons like five or 10 minutes early, just so I could like watch, you know, like him sing. Oh, okay. And, you know, the voice lessons were like the best part of it. But once I stepped outside of like music and singing in this town, it very quickly became like, you are, you know, one of these things is not like the other, you know what I mean? Um, and it was a really tough place to find how to fit in, you know, mm -hmm. like it's, it's, it's legendary as a country music town. It's legendary mm -hmm. as the buckle of the Bible belt. And what do you do when you don't fit into any of those um, spaces? You know, mm -hmm. back then it was like, the only thing I knew how to do was run away as, as fast as I possibly could, you know, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, kind of connecting to this record Meridian volume two, which is a part of Meridian that I've made. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting that in the making of it and in the finishing of it and in the journey of it, I found myself coming back to this place that 10 years ago, I'll never forget a manager in music. I was sitting across from him and he just goes, you'll never make it in music as an openly gay person in Nashville. And I was like, wow. Okay. Uh, well, I'm not going to sacrifice my life, you know, and maybe I'm gonna, maybe I'm gonna go nowhere, which is just funny to revisit these feelings and these thoughts, but like, maybe I'll go, maybe this goes nowhere, but to me following my heart meant, well, I was not going to come to Nashville, Tennessee 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, Is that what led you to going to New York? No, this was actually after New York. Oh, it was, okay. Between going from New York, in New York, it was either I go to Nashville or I go to LA. It was okay. like, I'm buying a one-way ticket and I'm going uh, one place, which, I still to this day believe that if you've never sold everything you own once and like got a one way ticket somewhere at some point in life, I don't want to cause like the craziest <laughs> ricochet here, but I do believe that that it felt crazy at the time. But the thought that like I needed to sort of um, actually this is crazy. I was just reading about like the Phoenix, you know, that like rises from the ashes. Sure. The, the most important thing is not that the Phoenix rises from the ashes is that the Phoenix is willing to like burn everything down and then rises from the ashes. You know what I mean? Sure. And that was that moment for me leaving New York. But this manager in Nashville was like, you'll never make it here as an openly gay person. And I wasn't going to sacrifice, you know, my heart and my humanity just to try to get ahead. Make you know? it, yeah. Um, so that's what took me to LA 10 years ago. And literally I'm pretty sure to the date because like 
you know, because Facebook gives you this weird, like memory, <laughs> memory <that> moment. <laughs> I want that. Okay. But I'm pretty sure that 10 years to the date, like some synchronistic magic, um, I left LA and now I I'm in Nashville, which is a really interesting full circle experience to be in Nashville, making music, releasing music and being like, I didn't hide who I was. And I'm really proud of that. Yeah. And still, I would say, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Would you say that it changed quite a bit in those 10 years, Nashville? Oh yeah. I mean, um, I'm not the first, I'm not the only, and I'm certainly not the last, but it's like, uh, there's definitely a, I want to say there's a queerness to this city that's really like, uh, palpable and exciting. Um, I also in therapy, shout out to those who go to therapy in therapy was talking about like, it's a very different experience being a queer person in the South Mm -hmm. versus being a queer person in New York or LA, because it's just, uh, it takes a different kind of courage. Oh, I would for sure. For sure. So though Nashville has changed and I, and I sense it and I'm excited to be a part of that change. Um, I feel like there's a different kind of bravery when it comes to like existing in a town outside of the sort of coastal towns and remaining true and boldly who you are, which is incredible to see the town like shifting in that way and incredible to watch it happening like, you know, through the internet, like seeing people just like not having um, the same fears and and worries that I had 10 years ago when I was like, okay, well, if that's the criteria, if I can't do it in a town like Nashville as myself, then I'm not going to go to Nashville. Mm -hmm. Well, everything you're saying makes total sense. I mean, it is still rooted pretty heavily in like in Southern values here. I mean, coming from California and in San Diego, you said it's the buckle of the Bible belt makes sense. I mean, you'll go into a doctor's office and there's a Bible there. And I was like, so shocked the first time I saw that. And just the, it, it just still has that. You'll still see people with like Confederate flags on their cars. And I, you know, you don't see that <laughs> too often in Southern California. So it kind of like, it still shakes me a bit. I'm like, whoa, like that people are, just openly rocking that on their car. Yeah, I think that that's, um, I mean, the shake part of it, while I want to acknowledge the growth and the the shifting nature of this town mm-hmm. in the last 10 years, like you're, you're exactly right. I mean, I have had people, you know, ask me like, so what church are you joining? You mm-hmm. know, and there's like, nothing wrong with like that. First of all, I'm Jewish, so I'm not joining a church, you know, (laughs) also, that's a great, solid answer you can give them. (laughs) The question, uh, the question is, I think the, is the crux of the issue because Mm -hmm. it's like, um, you know, let's just talk about like how the question is, indicative of a system that means that like you're you know this is how you show that life is good it's like you're 
you know, let's just put them all into a box. It's like, you're, you're in a relationship, you've got a job, you've got kids, you've got a church, you've got like, boom, 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 you stacked up your life. Is that really, is that really the only expression that, that is true? I don't think it is, you know, Mm -hmm. I, um, I don't even know that I've ever said this out loud, but it's like, sometimes in the South, they have this way of being like, well, as long as you know, you're in a heterosexual relationship, and you attend church and whatever, then you're a good person. Mm -hmm. Well, there is a lot that makes a person a good person that is not about like, you know, the church that they go to, or the relationship that they're in, you know, there's Mm -hmm. a lot more to people than than them fitting the boxes that society wants you to fit is what Mm -hmm. I'm saying. No, totally. I completely agree with you. I will say like in another sense too, that that I feel like I, again, I'm not from here, so I'm, I'm so new to it, but growing up, I associated Nashville with only country music. Like, okay, I'm not, I'm not huge on it. And I was like, okay, well that, yeah, that's just Nashville. That's just Nashville. They're country music. That's it. But now it's such a shift here. There's so many pop artists and, are you you hear about these people? I mean, doing these interviews, like I didn't realize you're gonna go on tour with them, but small pools, those guys live here. Right. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> like this pop band lives in Nashville, like it records their records here in Nashville, and it's just so different. Yeah, you know, I I actually like I again just moved here and um yesterday had a session in my house for the first time and Honestly, I'm so excited about what I'm releasing. And I'm also so excited about what I'm making beyond what is coming out soon. And it's like, it has nothing to do with um, where I am. And I feel like that shifted for me during this, what do we call it? The, the, the quarantine. <laughs> you know, not to make small of it, but sometimes I just have to call it by a different name just to, to move through it. Mm -hmm. Um, This, the past year and a half has been difficult, but like, honestly, I am talking to you through the exact same setup that I recorded my vocals for wonder with Sarah Bareilles. The really record I've ever been a part of was recorded in my bedroom by myself through here you know that's crazy and i think that like i was thinking about this this morning there are so many preconceptions to how you think it's supposed to happen you know like you need to be in la or you need to be wherever but really it's like it's really about heart and and soul and i recorded it in my bedroom with this gear that you know probably costs under $300, you know, yeah. probably cheaper. Than, like, I was going to say, well, actually way cheaper than the mic that Sarah Bareilles probably recorded her vocals on. Well, I mean, I, I feel like, I don't know if I'm like, what well, I think she, she's such a real person. I'll just say this. Like Sarah sent me her vocals on garage band. That's you know, rad. I recorded them in my room. This is like, <laughs> this is me. And this is a, a Grammy winning, artists Artists. and we're and we're doing it in whatever way we can which Mm -hmm. i think is not like oh wow wish they could have gone back and done it better because i'm very proud of it it's actually we did it in whatever way we could which is i think the the largest message for 
this last year and a half is like, you know, we got through it in any way that we possibly could, you know, for me, it was making music in my bedroom and, and finishing these songs that, that through the making of it and through the finishing of it, it led me back home, you know, mm-hmm. and Did it kind of take you back to the first record that you put out or the first songs that you had written was, you know, doing this in your bedroom. Was that something that, where it started? I, you know, I think it took me back. I think it just, I think it just stripped me of everything I thought I was supposed to be. Do you know okay. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. not just talking about gender, but we're talking about gender, but we're <laughs> also talking about, you know, the people think that there's like a one way to make music, that there's a one way to engineer a record. Now, I'm sure that engineers would be like, but you don't have a pop filter on your microphone. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, you know, and honestly, you might hear it, you know what, but also you might feel it in a different way because no, I didn't do it by the book. You mm-hmm. know, it wasn't, it wasn't even like, um, it's an interesting question. It wasn't like returning to how it was. It was like, it was like getting down to the essentials of what it means to make music and to connect with mm-hmm. people, you know, and mm-hmm. it wasn't, I'm going to wait for the moment where this is over and then I'm going to start making music because to me, it was like I'm getting kind of emotional thinking about this. It was literally like, I'm going to make music through it because that's how I'm going to ground myself. That's how I'm going to like, you know, that's how I'm going to get through it, you know? Mm-hmm. And in the process of it, it was, you know, it was one thing at a time. It, it was wonder which started this, which just started this whole journey. And, and, and then it went viral on TikTok, and it was like, you know, okay, like, let's, let's fly, let's run with it. And let's see what happens all from the confines of my one bedroom that had rats and lizards. And I sometimes am like the Noah's Ark of like, you know, creatures were in my room, but, um, we did it. We got through it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It sounds like you got, we were inspired enough, you know, to write these amazing records during quarantine. I've talked to people that were like totally uninspired. Well, uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I didn't set out, I guess I didn't set out to like make something, you know, it wasn't like if I don't get through this time with something to show I'm nothing. It literally like some people baked bread and and yeah, that was a big thing. Sourdough bread for a minute, like <laughs> sourdough committee. Well done. Not my vibe. Not my journey. Right. Not right. my ministry. cooking. Not my thing. Not just not a not a vibe. But for me, going to the song and going to this music is honestly it it. I'm just realizing this saying it out loud. It's like, it is what kept me going. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, well, I'm going to make something to show something. It literally was just like, I mean, it's all in the words. I wonder if anyone will hear this, you know, the, don't think about it. It's all mm-hmm. like, you know, if the walls fall down in the Citadel, will I face my fears? Will I face myself? If I crumble, will I cry? Will I have the heart to rise? If the walls fall down in the Citadel, like the walls fell down, you know, mm-hmm. 
there's a line in it uh you are not in survival mode anymore and to be honest i wrote it hoping i would get out of there do you know what i mean because for right. me i was in survival mode yeah you know? it's not even about productivity it's not even like oh wow look how productive i was it was really like look how i uh look how i got through in any way i possibly could and i feel like that again is what I hope people think about when they emerge from this time is like, give yourself grace and patience and a pat on the back, you know, mm -hmm. let me give you a pat on the back because if you made it through, you made it through a once in a generation. Oh yeah. Experience, you know, once in a maybe, you know, maybe one person has anyone, I mean, I guess someone is 103, but like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not my parent. Well, my mom is not. Oh God. You know, my dad passed, but it's like, uh, we made it through something that is not just a news clip. It is a, a moment in the ancient histories of civilization. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and I got through it by cultivating songs in my bedroom. Mm -hmm. and creating art where uh, some people weren't able to do that yeah and that's well i want to i want to back up a little bit here so you you talked about being in voice lessons when you're nine when did you start writing songs um you know i was just having this conversation last night because i wish there was like a timeline that that had more clarity but it wasn't writing songs to me it started when i was nine I also started taking piano lessons at, at nine with a teacher in Nashville. And if you know anything about Nashville, they don't really teach like do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, like uh -huh. that thing. They teach one, four, five. So if you know what that means, you know what that means. You know, they teach one, four, five, six minor, two minor, you know, that's what they do. Four sus, like if that is language to anyone, then we're on the same page. But it basically they teach a numeric, like chord structure. So at nine, I could be put a chord structure for basically any song in front of me and I could read it, you know? And it mm -hmm. was like, I didn't really realize what that was. It was just like, okay, that's C, that's F, that's G. You know, they say about country music, it's three chords and the truth, you know? Right, right. Uh, but at that moment, it was like, let me just, take some chords and let me like mumble some like, I love you forever words or whatever that made no sense at nine. But right. that's, that's how I started making music was like, well, if I can play some chords and I can talk about what I'm feeling, um, then maybe, maybe that's a song. But to me, to me, that wasn't even like, oh, wow, I'm, nine years old and I'm writing a song. It was just, I'm nine years old singing and playing music and like, it's fun to me, you know? Mm -hmm. My dad, um, I had, I think I had taken trombone or something in school. And my dad was like, no, you need to take piano because um, you need to sing and, and play with the piano. He's not in music was not in music, but 
I'm really glad that he pointed me towards the piano. Mm -hmm. I also cried yesterday. I cry every day, but whatever. I cried yesterday because I now have the piano that I grew up on, which is the piano my dad told me to like start playing piano on is now. Wow, that is amazing. I wrote a song on it yesterday and it was just like, it's just, I don't, I don't know if getting older makes you feel like you forget what is magical. And then a moment like, you know, I'm writing on a piano that I grew up on. To me, that's magic. You know? Yeah, that's huge. Are you, you should use that in a recording. I would imagine you're going to. The piano? Yeah. Oh, it's in it. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, awesome. And it's also, you know, uh, I did it on my first record, Vital. And I mean, I'm continuing this pattern and some great engineer is going to laugh at me and I can't wait to be like, whatever. But, (laughs) you know, the voice memo on the iPhone captures it in a beautiful way that I think makes a beautiful texture and there's no um, cables involved and you record it and it becomes this beautiful texture within the recording. And again, it's just another example of, they tell you that like, there's one way to do the industry and there's one way to make music. And like, when you find out that that's a lie, you're free, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. (laughs) Did you, uh, did you go to college for music or did you, and did you stay in Tennessee? No, I went to college. I actually went to college for theater at Northwestern in Chicago. And I think that part of it was because, I was always a singer, but I wanted to like, uh, I wanted to like enrich the, the, like, I I just wanted like, it wasn't a conservatory. It was really like a, an education. So I took like literature classes and I took, you know, sciencey classes and I took all these different classes and it was more about like, I, I don't know. I'm getting asked a lot to like, talk to students and 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 share like you know kind of the journey so it's making me reflective of just because you can sing doesn't mean that you should sing do you know what i mean or like just because you can sing doesn't mean that you have something to say you know and to sort of take it in a different way like college for me was was less about the college and more about like coming a like becoming a human you know there's a there's a bob dylan autobiography chronicles volume one of which there's only one volume which i'm obsessed with that fact and (laughs) he in it is like he started as a folk singer singing other people's songs and he's like when you're a good singer you have plenty of songs to sing but then at some point you want to pull back the curtain and you want to be like what's beyond it you know so i went to school for theater where i had lots of songs given to me to sing you know and it was like you're a good singer please sing my song sing this sing this you know ended up going to broadway sing this sing this sing this and at some point it was like what am I actually saying? It's Mm -hmm. not enough to just sing and have a nice voice. What do you, what are you saying? Who are you? What is the point? Because again, it has 
nothing to do with um it has nothing to do with you know technical ability to me it's like you can sing okay cool but what are you saying you know mm -hmm. so it's interesting like that that schooling experience for me was less about like what i learned in the school and that i went there for theater it was more about falling in love and having my heart broken and being a human and then at some point it was like i have so much more to say than what these songs that are given to me are trying to have me say mm -hmm. and when do, when do you start writing these these thoughts down and and putting music out as as morgan um that was i mean there's a there's a period of time between like 2013 and 2016 when my first when the first song came out as morgan with an x mm -hmm. and i remember that there was a journal entry um that i was you know sometimes i go back and read bits of my journal just to be like what were you what, what were you vibing on at this time and i just remember seeing morgan with an x um in like written down in there just m-o-r-g-x-n with no context and i was like i remember looking at it and being like that who's that what is what is that um and around the same time i had a song called XX that mm -hmm. was, you know, that's now out, that's on my first album. And I think that there was just something that was connecting me between XX and, and the X, you know, mm -hmm. all this to say, there's no master plan here. Like this is like, this is flying by the seat of my pants, right? Um, but going on, there was this uh, Stevie Wonder who, I haven't set up my office, so it's on the floor somewhere. But my dog is named Stevie after Stevie Wonder. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, Stevie Wonder has a album, Songs in the Key of Life. And in mm -hmm. the liner notes, he writes that Stevie Wonder, first of all, his real name is Steveland Morris. And he realized at some point that Stevie Wonder was the vessel in which Steveland Morris gets to like express himself or or carry these thoughts forward and my dad had just passed i you know had this music i saw morgan with an x in this journal and it was like this is this is the this is a message this is like more than just like oh this is me singing songs this is like what i'm trying to communicate and that's really where morgan with an x was born but then it was like, and again, this is where there's no, there's no like master plan. It just, the universe started being like, okay, this is, uh, keep going in this direction because that's when I became really like connected to the idea that like, maybe all these constructs we grew up with are just constructs. You know, I started reading about Mr. Mrs. MX or like, Latina, Latino, Latinx. There was like this X was representative of shift and of like non-binary and of like removing the constructs, you know? 
And it was just like, it was, it sang to me. It was like, this is the, this is the way that you express the music. This is the way that you express who you are. And that's really where Morgan with an X was born. And, and you already had XX out. And then following that, you, you put out Home, which has massive success. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Um, well, that was, uh, you know, it's interesting. It just, it was just one song at a time. The first <laughs> song I put out was Love You With The Lights On. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, the second song was Home. Mm-hmm. And with Home, I had recorded it and I had recorded the choir here in Nashville. I got some friends together and oh, interesting. in a living room. But then my dad passed and that ruined me. Um, I can't even it, imagine. It, it was so hard and sudden and no warning and all of the things that, um, still to this day, it's like grief is nonlinear. It just sort of like pokes its head. Mm-hmm. Home was the song I had written just before he passed or just, just finished recording just before he passed. But when he passed, it's sort of like, I just forgot everything and what I was doing. And then I'll never forget that like, I was listening through songs, you know, I had to take time before I could do anything. I wasn't just gonna like, I was supposed to release an EP that fall, scrapped it. Right. And I was listening through and I listened to home and I cried because, you know, I knew I recorded it in Nashville. I knew it was the last thing I did. You know, that was, it was maybe like, it was maybe like July 31st or something that I recorded the choir on home and my dad passed September 1st. So it was like, that was the last thing I had done. And I remember hearing it and just being like, like hit in the gut because this is so special and my dad has never heard it you know, at the time I was like, he's never heard it though. Now I have the feeling that, that he hears it all, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast and a whole nother chapter. Um, it basically was just this song has to come out and that's, you know, and it, and it did. And I was on tour at the time and it just, I just sang it every night, you know, at the end of the day, that's all I really, um that's all i really can do and will do is that i make the music and i i share it in the in the most honest way i possibly can you know and that was that was home i just sang it on tour but i remember i remember like i think there was this moment and it happened recently uh but it was like this moment where the chorus of home happened. And I think I like, you know, said to the crowd, I was like, hands up and like the whole, like, you know, room of people, like just like hands in the air, like just fully alive. And it was like, I think this song might be connecting, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we just had a year and a half of not playing shows except for playing these virtual shows, which again, did the best we could. Sure. Good. <laughs> but I was just at Riot Fest in Chicago. Oh, awesome. I saw some a lot of footage from that. 
Yeah, with Super Meg Myers, which she and I have a song together called I Hope You Cry. Mm-hmm. I really wrote through this pandemic in the in the in that's that's how I got through it. Um, but I hope you cry. And I started singing and the crowd just like just erupted in like applause and like like energy. And it was like, oh my God, it was like waking a, a dragon. You know what I mean? It was just um I'm really talking in circles here, but it's really like home. The moment that home came out for me is sort of, it's reminding me of what's happening with the music right now. It's just like watching it connect and watching it connect with people live is the best thing in the world. Mm-hmm. So you were already touring before that song really you know, blew up on radio and, and everything else. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, the journey of home, the journey Started. of home was a, ver- was a journey. Right. Um, because you put it out in what 2016 and then it co- took a couple of years for it to yeah to hit it was, radio yeah it didn't hit radio until after i played Lollapalooza in 2018. uh-huh yeah 2018 and at the time i had been in the studio with my friend nick who's in walk the moon mm-hmm. and they were playing Lollapalooza, and i was playing Lollapalooza, and we had written this song that's now out called blue but at the time we had written it and we were in the studio and it was like well we're not going to play this song that no one's going to hear for who knows how long Mm -hmm. but nick always sent me these videos of him singing along to um home like he would just hear (laughs) it you know out and about or whatever and so I was like, why don't you just like come on stage and like sing it with me? Not realizing that that would literally be the most iconic debut at Lollapalooza ever, you know? Uh-huh. Um, because it it really was, we both showed up unplanned. My life is a series of unplanned, unplanned magic. <laughs> we both show up wearing all white, you know, just like looking like little like fairy angel nymph things, you know? Mm-hmm. And we sing home at Lollapalooza and it's just a sea of people and it's just incredible energy. And in that moment, I think within that week, we recorded it, you know, and set to release it as a collab. And that's basically what took it to radio and, and that, that incredibly magical adventure. How did that change your career like making on radio where you signed to a label at this time and were people reaching out? Signed to a label, um, the label took it to radio and um, just yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. You know, I, my, one of the thoughts that comes through with Meridian and, and what's happening now and with wonder and everything that's happened this year is that I have done it independently and where I thought that like, radio and and the label was like the the way to connect and do things in terms of numbers my numbers are three times higher now independently without all of it you know right isn't that fascinating i mean i came from radio 16 years doing it and i just kind of slowly saw it you know yeah i have great friends at radio and i like you know, and I'm really 
like it's really I'm really appreciative of the support that I have received there both with home and also with wonder and don't think about it and people mm -hmm. who are just like I really want to play it you know which I love but the actual connection that has happened in a space where none of that has been present um you use the word i, th I think you just said isn't that fascinating like mm -hmm. it is fascinating it's um inspiring it's uh confusing it's confounding mm -hmm. and it's also revolutionary because i think that again growing up in nashville you know all I knew, and this town is still a very label driven town, you mm -hmm. know, but that's also shifting as well. There's just, there's just no one way to do this thing. And that is really, um, that is really wild to me and exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause if you think about it, if you, if you are new artist and you put out wonder and it, and it goes viral on TikTok, and say you had no success prior to that, you wouldn't need, I mean, that's, that's enough nowadays, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm all about the, the journey, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's what, it's what Meridian is. Meridian is, is all about change and flow. And, and I think, I think that, that, in a weird way, these songs are both hopeful and hopeless at the same time. You know, there's a there's a line in Burden, which is not out, that's you can be hopeful. You can feel hopeful. Wait. You can feel broken and still be okay. You can like, there's just like, oh, what am I trying to say? I lost, I lost my thought, but the point is, is like, I thought there was one way to do this mm -hmm. and, and I just keep relearning that there's no one, there's just no one route. And if you sure. are a new artist and you're like, what do I do? Just do, you know, just try, just go for it. Just mm -hmm. sing your song, you know, release your song, let it go, keep going because it is about how it adds up, you know, it's not just one moment in time. It's really like, it's really the story that you're telling. And that's always what I connect with the most. Sure. Well, with Meridian, you've, you've, you've put out volume one so far and you have volume two coming out. Were these all written in the same? I mean, it sounds like you started this project when quarantine happened. Yeah. I mean, it was always, it was always one project. Uh, I made the decision to go volume one and volume two after wonder basically caught fire at the end of 2020 mm -hmm. uh, because I had remixes done with my friends and, and it basically like became wonder became its own world, you know? Sure. And then I had, I had this project that I was like, what is that going to become? And I, I had had a dream I, literally, I sound crazy, but whatever. I, I'm <laughs> done caring about that. Uh, I had a dream, and Meridian was like the message. I 
you can call me crazy and that's fine. <laughs> Meridian was the message. And I remember thinking, well, that's, I was like, maybe that's my next project because wonder is my project. Mm -hmm. Wonder is the thing. Well, wonder ended up being an album of all versions of wonder. That's what happened with wonder. And because you've had, yeah, I mean, small pools re re did re we talk about them earlier? They remixed it, Paris remixed it. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty crazy, all independent, just that's so vibing, cool. vibing. Um, it wonder became its own world, and then I was like, oh, yeah, Meridian, that is that is the that's the message. Like, it is it is all about how you let things shift and flow, you know, and and if there's anything I learned from this year, it's that it's not going to go how you thought, you know? And so Meridian was the title, but then, you know, to be honest, it was a combination of, you know, my own um, heart, but also awareness that like the world moves very differently now than it did two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, whatever. For me, it was like, I have this project, but I want to release it in a new way. You know, mm -hmm. there's the quote that's like, in order to have something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. So rather than forcing this whole project into being born in one moment, it was like, let's pace it out, let's spread it out. And again, in the journey of there is no master plan, there's just doing your best and continuing, volume one happened and around that time i got an email from sarah borellis being like because we had talked about this for a while but it didn't line up and then i got an email hey i think i posted it it was like don't you forget about me do you still want to do this duet and it was like well if that's not the most magical timing ever because this is a perfect time to revisit wonder because I just released volume one and we can dive into wonder, you know, it was just, um, it was just magical. It just lined up and it was only because I had decided that I would separate the projects. Mm -hmm. And so you knew what's, did you know what songs you're going to put on volume one versus volume two and were they all yeah. done? Yeah. Okay. That was, that was pre planned. I didn't plan that it would, um, that wonder would happen in between them. And I didn't, uh yeah that's all i knew i had split it already okay volume one is coming and volume one to me is honestly the songs that i had finished just at the end of like my last label experience mm -hmm. and to me they sort of documented a sort of like uh breaking down of myself and of what i was going through like losing myself in porcelain where we're dealing with a sort of like the brokenness that I felt at the end of 2019, but then volume two, to me, was a more hopeful, how I'm piecing the pieces back together. Like, you are not in survival mode anymore, being a, a wish and a hope for getting out of this feeling of being in survival mode. And with, with, with both versions of the, or volumes of this this record coming out were these songs recorded you talked about doing your vocals for sarah Bareilles in your in your room or at your house was the rest of the record done similar or totally different it it was a um i would say that i had about 
I would say that I had about 90% of like the bones of it done before the, you know, we entered these times. Okay. And it was the 110% of the finishing that was like mixing it together and, and adding final bits, but all of it happened virtually over here. And I, okay. my mixers in London, so I was never there. Um, and it was all done sort of like in this quarantine. Virtual world. That's interesting. Do you feel like, I mean, if this wasn't happening, would you have used the person in London to mix a record? And did it make it easier working with them? Because now you can, everyone's so familiar with like Zoom when no one probably was using it <laughs> two yeah. and a half years ago. I um, I also was new to the Zoom, Zoom land uh -huh. territory. Um, but it was honestly incredible. I, you know, it was, uh, um, it, it allowed me to, well, here's, here's one example. I think okay. like that with mixing the record, there's a, a feeling like you have to, um, you need it to happen immediately, but there was mm -hmm. nothing that needed to happen immediately for me. It was just, I want to take these songs to a, to a completion. And of course, I don't know that, that, that anything's ever done, but it was like, I want to see where this goes. And the mixing process sometimes can feel like you, you can want to like control everything, but with being virtual and sending files and like waiting and getting something back and time difference, there was just like, well, let's just go one at a time. And sometimes I would get a mix and then I would live with it for three weeks, four weeks, a few months, you know, mm -hmm. it was like, uh, let me see how I feel when I listen to it, when I'm happy, let me see how I feel when I listen to it, when I'm sad, let me see how I feel when I listen to it, when I'm driving, let me see how I feel when I listen to it in my room late at night, you know, there was like a lot more flexibility than just sort of like, okay, you're in the room together and you've got four hours that you've paid for and let's see what happens. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, I, you know, it's part of how I even moved to Nashville because it was like, I no longer feel like I need to be in one place. And if there's somebody that I want to work with, it's, it's here, it's virtual. Right. Yeah. That, well, it's interesting that you bring up the fact that you would listen to it when you know you're happy or you're sad because I've, I've never heard anyone say that, but it makes sense because if you're happy and you're like in a good space, you're on vacation, you're like, oh, I can totally live here and this is be awesome. And like, and then you think about it, you're like, well, is that really the greatest idea? Or when you're in different places, you your your mind goes different ways. And if it's yeah. still a good record when you're sad or when you're happy, I mean, that says something for it. Yeah, there's also like, um, I've never said it out loud, but it is very true that like, you've probably heard people be like, they listen to it on different speakers and they listen to it on their phone because this is where people are gonna listen to it eventually, unfortunately, but that's what happens, you know? Yeah. Or in their and, car, yeah. You know, you, I do, but I do it. I listen to it in the car, I listen to it on these monitors, I listen to it on my phone, I listen to it on different physical speakers, but I also, I do listen to it in a in in a multitude of different emotional spaces because sometimes you know there's um there's uh 
let's see an example. I mean, there's, there are things where I'll first hear a mix and I'll be like, I, I think that's wrong or it's no, 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 no. And then I'll give it a little space and I'll come back to it and I'll listen again. And then I'm like, oh, it's not that it's wrong. It's that it's so right. It jars me. And I think that's actually essential to the message of what is, um, what is, is what this song is about, Mm -hmm. you know, there was, um, in another, in the opposite way though, there's like, there was this like one reverb tale on burden that like was bothering me so much. (laughs) And I was like, I can't tell if I'm bothered by it or if I'm just sad and ultimately after listening to it for like literally months um that one took a long time to mix because um uh because i couldn't stop crying (laughs) every time i listened to it um burden is the last song i wrote in the final hours of 2019 um, not realizing what a burden 2020 and 2021 would would become yeah Um, but there was just this one reverb tale and finally after months of like listening to it and it jarred me in every in every emotional headspace i was like i'm going to address this <laughs> no one will notice no one will care but that's my process right i love that <laughs> so you said you played at a riot fest over the weekend was that your first performance in two years uh, my first performance was well, my first 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 performance was at the Covenant House, which is a youth homeless shelter in Los Angeles, and I got to play for Pride for the kids. Oh, cool! That I cried because it was just singing songs to these like you know youth who are experiencing homelessness, and like we're celebrating Pride together. That's like, cool. Chills, you know. Um, that was my first first performance but the first time i was on a stage where there was people was at wonderbus wow wonder really just follows me wonderbus in chicago in oh my god (laughs) (laughs) cleveland oh is that a thing everywhere because they just started in san diego i I keep seeing people posting about it i don't know they might be it might be in the same family but also don't quote me because okay yeah i didn't know if you just knew off the top of your head okay um but yeah that festival was the first performance and it was with small pools which oh cool do our song together which we're going to be doing on tour this fall so it was like you know getting to do this song in collaboration with my friends in person for the first time um and it was just you know it was I keep being like, it was like putting a fish back in water. It was like, it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, we're returning to normal. It's like, we are returning to life, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it it was magical. Riot Fest was incredible. I got to sing with Meg Myers. So I've gotten to do like these like beautiful collabs that all came out in, you know, the quarantines sure where happened you know in this virtual reality that we're in um i got to do them physically in person safely together with humans and it was magical that is amazing and then you're going on the road with small pools starting what november 1st i think there's november 1st we start in atlanta 
And I play Amazing. Nashville November 18th at Exit Inn. Yes, and I will be there at that show. That's awesome. And I thank you so much, Morgan, for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I have one more question. You kind of answered it already earlier, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Don't be afraid to burn it to the ground and start again.